Hello. We are glad you found us. Please sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Welcome to When Life Attacks. Chop a line now. Cocaine decisions. You are a person with a snow job. You got a fancy, got a go job. We're the cocaine decision that you make today will mean a million somewhere else. We'll do it your way. Cocaine decisions. You are a person who is high class. You are a person. Was it a week to be remembered, a week to be forgotten? I'm James Hamilton. I'm Travis McFalls. Hello again, lifers. We are back on time. We've been on a nice streak for you lately. Dropping episodes on time, both yeah. of us here. Yeah, I was, I was about to say the key thing, both of us here. You know, success is a time taker. And as we've been doing a little bit better, both of us, our time's been occupied. It's been precious. It's been, you are now on a, on a new thing. Did we talk about last week your job, your new job? Maybe not too in depth, no. What do you do? You got a new job. What do you do? Yeah, so I am a admixture technology technologist, uh, an admixture technician at an oncology clinic. Oncology being a cancer clinic. It sounds, sounds depressing. It's actually, um, am I half full here or half empty? I'm half, feeling half you're, empty. You're, you're looking half empty. Uh, I'm a little more half full. Um, actually, uh, most of the people you see, I mean, some people, I obviously can't go into too much detail about it, but it's a much more upbeat environment than you'd expect. You know, you kind of have to be like, you're going to beat it, motherfucker. It's all right. We're behind you. You're going to beat this. Well, true depression is rooted, remember, in hopelessness. (laughs) So if you provide hope, right, you're curing something. Exactly. Hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's actually... It, it, it is. It's a hopeful environment. Um, I mean, I've only been there for a short time now, so I haven't obviously gone through the ringer. It can definitely seem stressful. Hold on, hold on. Should I? Do we have some bars I can play? Because you're getting into your politically correct disclaimers where, well, I haven't really been there long enough, and I don't really want to overspeak the position because I really don't know a lot about it. Just tell us, do you like the fucking job or not? Yeah, it's cool, man. It's cool. It's a cool job, or do you run a lot of people? Uh, there's about 68 people that work there, and then plus, yeah, we've got a lot of patients that come through there. No shit. There's 68 people in your office? Yeah, it's a clinic, man. Well, how many specifically in the drug area, though? Oh, in my area. Well, there's me. There's the other one. That guy. That guy. That girl. That girl. Uh, about six to seven of us. Six to seven of you. So 10% of the staff is just mixing drugs. Roughly, yeah. And is it all from scratch? Are you literally taking, uh, is, is that what a lot of the people are doing is taking the rough compounds and like handing you your chemo sack or what's the deal? No, um, that's more like in the IV room, the sterile compounding room uh, where you would, um, yeah, where you mix the IVs, you're taking the raw stuff and then infusing it into like a saline sack. Um God, I thought it was so much like, I thought it was really automated and precise. We're trusting you to cure us of cancer. Like you're having a bad day. And if you just lapse this compound or that compound, we could be sentenced to death. Well, there's checks. There's okay. checks. Okay. <laughs> feel, feel better now. So, but yeah. Um, but then, you know, you also have your oral medications, you know, those obviously come pre-made. So I'm just putting them in the bottle for you. What's the markup like on that stuff? I mean, do you see that in your clinic? Do you see if there's a markup? Um, I've seen just the cost of a drug order. Uh-huh. That's it's more than you and I will be seeing. And that's like just on one day. It's more than you and I are going to be seeing. So these while. pharmacies are, I mean, they aren't like, oh, well, we'll triple that. It's they're, they're working on smaller percentages than what the drug tr- companies are charging them direct. It's the drug companies that are controlling the market. So when I pay $47 for amoxicillin, for instance, 
probably bought it for 40. Those numbers aren't correct. I'm not using actual. I'm I just, was about to say, I'm that's just a, pulling a, shit out I, of I the don't air. know where you're buying a moxicillin from. That's very expensive. God, fucking see what I mean? Just work with me. If I was paying $47. Okay, so, so if, you, if I paid $47. Um, that wouldn't be doubling. No, no. The pharmacy's barely even. No, they're barely even breaking over that notch. Really? So yeah. they aren't even doubling. It's probably like if you're paying 47, the pharmacy probably paid 46 for it. No way. I mean, it's, it's, it's volume. Like it's all volume. So pharmacy's volume. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not the, I'm not the numbers guy oh. on that, but yeah. I've Cause seen, there's some dough. And did you see this week that CVS is going to buy Aetna? So CVS pharmacy is buying Aetna. So they already have CVS Caremark. So they bought Caremark, turned it into CVS Caremark. Now it's going to be CVS Aetna. Yeah. Just like they bought out Target Pharmacy. I feel like the markup's significant. The markup's going to be significant at CVS, yes. <laughs> I just feel like in order to make these buyouts, they've got to be making some dough, right? Or if you're Aetna, it'll be more expensive to go somewhere else. But if you go to CVS, they'll cut you a, you know, a, a, members, a membership deal, you know, kind of. Hey, you're part of the club. Come here. You didn't ask me about my Kevin Smith show. Oh, that's right. You did go to that. I did. Yeah. Dog got us tickets. Yeah. So I, I should say, I was going to say, well, thanks for inviting me, Jim, but we went already. We had a time. We saw the show. We had a great time. Yeah. We had a... That was a fun night. We got to do that again. Yeah. Episode three. Different. Just, different. Yep. Go back to episode three if you want to hear about that. And uh, I got a feeling, though, in a way, I'm kind of glad I didn't get invited because that was, what, just over a year ago we saw him? Yep. How much new material? There were many problems. There were many problems. First of all, um, Acme is a big comedy club in Minneapolis. That's where I saw him. So you use that Acme again? Yep, use that Acme again. And uh, I don't know how it's gotten such a great reputation because it's this little divey basement. It's got all kinds of obstructed viewing. Yeah. I sat behind a, I was probably six rows behind a three foot wide pillar. That's holding the floor up. Mm, yep, yep, yep. Kevin decided to stand right in my line of sight. He didn't have to. He decided to stand all the way against the back curtain. Uh-huh. Had he stood in the front of the stage, I would have had at least a decent seat. Right. But instead, I just had moments of his face going past it, or maybe his back as he turned. So you had an experience similar to mine with a uh, Frohawk guy. Fohawk. You mean you had that dude with the huge hair in front of you? Yeah. I, I would I would argue it was much worse. Okay. It was much worse. And his act, you know, because he does a lot of Q&A, is very dependent on the people asking questions. And if anybody's been to a Kevin Smith show, they know that once two or three questions go by, that's the Q&A. First question about the fucking dog he adopted. All right which leads him to go backwards into his dog ownership history to flash forward to him getting a rescue dog. You know, it's my, I don't even know if I'd, he tells a good story, but even at that, I didn't give a shit. Well, it was new material. <laughs> I'm trying to get, I'm, I'm trying to throw the guy a bone here. Uh, sto- so story, the bone. story number two revolved around a, a uh, director who had produced a, uh, a, f- a, f- a fan feature film that was sort of an offbeat, and I won't bore people with the details, but it was sort of an offbeat sci-fi by a comic book creator, same, same director that did Donnie Darko. And the kid was so excited to have Kevin Smith interact with them. He was one of those guys that sort of took the conversation hostage and kept in moments of silence as Kevin would finish his last sentence, fire back something that Kevin would have to respond to. So they had this like 15 minute talk back and forth and it wasn't engaging. The show isn't particularly good. The dude just, you know, he just really hits you as like super douchebag because you're like, ah, oh, will you shut the fuck up so we can talk about something cool? Yeah. 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 
And you, you could see. Let's not make the show about you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You could see he was trying hard to sort of spin the conversation back. And then he started talking about uh, being in sort of sleepy towns and different towns and how he kind of knows towns by where he's at because he kind of ignored the questions and went into Minnesota, which took him in a crooked direction towards his wife joining him on the road because someone asked why he and his wife don't do podcasts anymore. Mm. And then he started talking about his wife giving him oral sex and how fast he could you know, achieve. Yes. Thank you. And uh, that just felt weird. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of nice to have somebody yeah. tell you more than just surface stuff, but like I don't, some- I don't want to hear that. She, you know, quick step to the sink to spit it out. Cause she doesn't love him that much. It's like, Whoa, dude, I don't whoa. know. That sounds pretty Kevin Smith to me though. I would expect to hear that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I'd expect to hear that. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot. So, and, and you just could tell that he was reaching for sort of the, uh, and, and you, you know, you, you can say, well, it was the questions or it was this or it was that, but you could just see that there wasn't a lot under the hood. There's not a lot cooking right now for old Kevin. Okay. How long did he go? Well, then that's, that's another, uh, that, then here's a question for you. So if you go to a, see a comedian and he's got a show at say eight and a show at 10, right? Which show do you go to? You go to the 10 o'clock because, because, uh, it's not going to get cut off. All right. Now do you, and, and I would, I would ask why wouldn't you go to the eight? Because then you know he's got to consolidate his material into that two hours. You right. don't have to sit there for if he gets long-winded, right? Right. <clears throat> you and I have gone to the 10 a number of times. Well, you went with me to a 10 the time before that. I went to the later show, and he just would go and go. One time I walked down on Kevin Smith because he was at four and a half hours. I'm like, I got to go. Yeah, what did he do when we went? Three, three and a half? It was long. Yeah, my ass. My ass was pretty well numb. Those seats suck for that anyway. Oh, yeah. Acme chairs suck. Yeah. Acme was definitely meant for, you know, an hour long comedian. Just go up, does his, you know, his 50 minutes or something like that. Wasn't really meant for the Titanic of comedians, you know, the, uh, the citizen canes, if you will. It was, it was, it was marginally, it's marginally too long, even at two hours, because you would get frustrated with the people he's interacting with and, uh, but the, the, the crux of that is if you're the first group to park at eight, that's fine. But if you're trying to leave at eight and there's a new group coming in at 10, you have all that mess. Yeah. So there's pros and cons of both, but I'm not telling people they shouldn't go to Kevin Smith shows. But shortly after that, Kevin Smith had, had, had tweeted something that he, he had read an article where people were kind of hammering him for being, uh, <clears throat> Well, essentially, they had said that a number of his pictures weren't very good lately. He had one one movie that put him on the map in Clerks and one decent movie or even good movie in Dogma, and the rest have been predominantly shit. That was their assessment of him, and he took issue with that. He's yeah. like, well, I took this chance, and I took that chance, and here's sort of how I feel about the dude, because he's sort of a nerd. He's like the nerd pope. Right. I think I even tweeted that to him after I saw he did this, but... Uh, <laughs> He did a movie he didn't think he could get made and a movie he didn't think would ever get distributed or see the light of day. And he risked everything to do it. And everybody appreciated the story that went with that movie. His story was as much as what marketed clerks Mm -hmm. as it is. The movie was good. Right. Okay. He did mall rats, which was a, for the budget was a failure. It wasn't a box office success. He did Chasing Amy, which see, was sort of an indie flick, which see, was a lukewarm. See, all of us like <clears throat> middle schoolers when Mallrats came out, we all loved Mallrats. No, well, I love Mallrats. I mean, that 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 spoke to our age group. Totally. But you must admit, was not a successful film. No, no, no. Had a Dog, great soundtrack. Dogma came out and it was a success. It was critically received well. It wasn't a $100 million movie, but it was a profitable movie. I saw that in the theater when I was in Italy. My buddy and I just walked out of that movie and that, that movie fucked with my head for a while. You know, I was asking all kinds of questions after that movie. I was older and I'd already asked the questions. Okay. That started the questions and that movie almost started the questions in motion for me. Pretty much did... It started it going downhill at a much rap, much more rapid rate. If you haven't taken in Dogma by now or haven't seen that, I mean, if, if of all the Kevin Smith movies to watch, Dogma is the one. And if you're Christian or Catholic and know even uh, if slightly touched the iceberg of um, 
biblical stories or any of the uh, dogma that goes along with Catholic Catholicism, meaning rituals and beliefs, the belief system or structure. Uh, Kevin sort of attacks that whole thing. Yeah. <clears throat> and and p- picks fun at it. Yeah. Buddy Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it was Carlin the Pope. Was it Carlin? <coughs> he wasn't the Pope. He was a cardinal. Or a cardinal. Yeah, that's great. Carlin and the Buddy Jesus. After Dogma, we had uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, which was the reason that that movie was was made was because he couldn't get Clerks 2 made. He was having trouble getting the whole ensemble back. And there were some issues with uh, the Weinstein Company. And there were some, there were some things. Uh, but uh, he would go on then to, re- to do Red State, which was actually a good movie. But his fans, there was Jersey Girl in there, and there was I was about to the, say he, the he porno left, movie. Uh, but those two movies were were Zach and Mary. Yeah, he he was Judd Apatow wannabe. He movies. was trying to be a Judd Apatow. Yeah, and he had, he will admit that. Uh, what was it? Zach and Mary make a porno? And yeah. part of the problem with that was the title, so they wanted it to short it or shortened to Zach and Mary. Right. Um, and then, uh, Jersey girl suffered, which was actually a good movie, a funny movie. Right. Ben Affleck was good in that movie, See, but I, JLo I, was in it and Benifer was a problem and the movie tanked because, uh, their relationship fireballed and it was right when it released and, and that cost him. He could have at least had a lukewarm success there and that didn't happen. I, that's why I kind of skipped those movies, but he went to red state it was a totally different movie for Kevin. Totally Smith. different. That was a weird one. It was a fall. It kind of uh, it that parodied this religious one. family that um, sort of cults. Yeah, kind of a religious cultish family, yeah. and and I don't want to. And basically, nothing goes the way you think it's going to go down. It's kind of a fucked up movie. Yeah. Um, which again, he took that movie by himself and promoted it independent theater by independent theater, and he got a lot of press because. Uh, I mean, there were groups on both sides coming up using this this movie as a stage or a platform to be heard. So even though it got a lot of ink, it wasn't a big moneymaker. Shortly after that, he got kind of a shitty review. And uh, had uh, he had done Clerks 2. Yeah. And at some point in time after, it was either shortly after Red State wrapped or after Clerks 2 wrapped, he said, I'm, I kind of want out of movies. I don't want to do, I'm going to retire from movies and I'm just going to, you know, I, I, I need to do something else. And he went heavily into podcasts and this tweet kind of rips him for doing podcasting, podcasting. And, and in fact, ripped the whole art form of podcasting saying that it was kind of the silly waste of time podcasting. And what was he doing? I don't know that I totally disagree with that, but <laughs> uh, you could see that, that, that hit him. Yeah, and since then he's gone on to do a couple of movies. I, I might have left a title or two out of there. I, I don't think so, but I might have. But he did uh, Tusk, which was based on a fictional story or fictional article that he had read over his podcast, and he he turned a script out on it. And then following that whole Canadian um, theme, he did a, a, a movie called Yoga Hosers with and, his daughter. And- yeah, Tusk did poorly. And Yoga Hosers was really poorly received. Yeah. Even both movies had Johnny Depp in them and both movies were still shit. Yeah. Um, I've only seen Yoga Hosers and uh, uh, it was rough. He did. I, I should have mentioned Cop Out was one of the beginnings of Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith came and he had a, he had a script called A Couple of Dicks and he got... Uh, um, Bruce Willis and um, Tracy Tracy Morgan in it. And it was a disaster and it didn't make money. And uh, yeah, it looked terrible. You know, it was, it was another, I, I, I still won't. Maybe it, it was even after that movie that he retired. I can't remember. But the, the point is, is that after he came back and he's kind of done these little boutique movies, these movies, he's like, only I'm going to be the guy that makes these movies. Mm-hmm. If you do something, you take Let's say you take a job and you tell everybody, well, I'm going to take this job because, um, you know, I, I just, uh, I don't really want to go for being a surgeon. I, I'm, I, I think that the, the real work's done being an orderly. I think the person that cleans up after those surgeries and makes the room clean every time they're, they're the most important person in the hospital. There's plenty of surgeons. 
that's sort of his attitude with how he's been making movies. Like I'm not going to apply myself and, and, and put myself out there. I'm going to take that power away from you. I'm going to put a movie out there already that I know isn't going to appeal to everybody. And in doing so, I can sort of take some of the onus off of whether or not that movie will be successful. So I'm going to spend much less money. I'm going to do a lot more grassroots promotion. I'm going to know it's not going to be for everybody. And I'm going to do these super safe projects where I can never really lose too much money and never really make too much money, but sort of hide in that cocoon. I saw a lot of that on stage on Tuesday. I just, I don't know. I, life's short. I really wish he would go for it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's just not there. You know, I can understand throwing yourself out there and then getting beat up for it a bit. And then, you know, I mean, you know, he's raising his family and stuff too. So I, I can get it playing it safe for a while. But yeah, at some point you'd like to see him take a pass downfield. His daughter's 20 or 21. So she's you know, out. Oh, she's she's more than grown. His uh, wife fully supports him in terms of like, you know, go do your thing. Right. He has not in any way, shape or form made his money, especially not living in California, living in LA like he does. He's, I guarantee you, if he was flush, he wouldn't be, you don't see Steven Spielberg on the road doing stand up, uh, you know, five, six nights a week. So basically you're saying Kevin Smith, check him out once worth the experience or pass on him this time around. Maybe catch him next time, man. I would say rent maybe a DVD or two of Kevin Smith's and wait until you see him do something interesting. Cause when it, people would ask him, so I went to a show without you and, uh, it was me and, uh, I think it was Scotty and my sister and people were asking him about projects. So there was going to be a mall rats too, which went from a movie to which he was telling, he had everybody like saying, I mean, I'm in, I'm in from mall rats. Yeah. Then he went to uh, Clerks 3 and the uh, the Randall character, the kind of the funny sidekick. Yeah. Uh, he said he didn't get paid his royalty checks properly on 2 and he's never coming back for 3. Uh, there are ownership issues with some of the other uh, products that are owned by other people when he sold them. He doesn't own them anymore. Oh, man. And these guys are getting older. You know, yeah. you can't be, you can't do clerks with a 50 and 60 year old. People aren't going to think that's fucking fun. Yeah. And that whole age group's going to, it's going to pass him by. So he's got a really a finite amount of time to make these things happen. And what was interesting always about him was he'd tell you about being in a room with Jerry Bruckheimer. He'd tell you about trying to coax Winona Ryder into a position. He's very hard on Ben Bruce, Affleck, but that's all he's got. Bruce Willis tells you don't ever work with your idol. Yeah, that was an interesting thing. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that Kevin Smith helped produce Goodwill Hunting? No. He helped so he got paid good money for that. He oh. was part of of the of, of the people and in other words brought the money together for this thing and were invested in it. So he helped bring it to the big screen. Good on you. That was so, a good yeah, those are the stories we want to hear. But after you kind of balk out and you have two or three movies in a row that are of not even lukewarm interests, you don't do anything new but talk radio, and then you're going to go up on stage and try to make a living on that, I don't get it. I'm instantly, the more you talk about this, the more I'm hearing that Bruce Springsteen song stuck in my head, uh, Glory Days. Yeah. Just, you know, like when you have like, your friend that sort of peaked in high school. And then all he talks about is, you know, that Hail Mary that he threw up in the state championship that got him the game. And you're like, you know, the first couple times you hear the story, you're like, yeah, dude, that was fucking awesome. That was so fucking awesome. And then like when he just keeps going back to that bank, you know, remember when I threw the helmet? Yeah, I remember when you threw the. Remember when I threw? We all know you fucking threw the Hail Mary. Remember, we all fucking know about the Hail that Mary. Is exactly right on the button, dude. Because when you watch an evening with Kevin Smith, he's talking to you about uh, doing Superman scripts 
before Superman, the new Superman had a script. He was talking to you about working with Will Smith and Chris Rock. And he was talking to you about, you know, the behind the scenes of what was happening with clerks. It was like the commentary, the real life commentary that was missing in the spaces between the movies. And nobody was really doing that at the time in Hollywood. And there wasn't a podcast platform like there is today. So you were kind of riveted by hearing this guy talk to you about the stuff. Oh, it was so cool. Yeah. Now we're hearing about him rescue a dog. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It was, it's kind of lackluster, I guess. Glory days. Uh, we went out this weekend, though, together, this last weekend. <laughs> yeah, we did. That was very yeah. interesting. <laughs> Why does it always feel like every time? So we went out together again this weekend. Yes, we did. Yeah, we did. It was interesting. It was, it was impromptu. Yeah, I wasn't expecting you to even be there, to be honest with you. <laughs> Really? <laughs> like, you didn't know I was going to be there? I, I got it at the last minute. Like, hey, Jim's going to show up with Doll. Well, actually, I didn't know Doll was going to be there. I knew you were going to show up at some point. And then both of you were there. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. How often do we get the gang all together? She was uh, she was happy to be out. Now, that was kind of a weird, that was a weird evening because. Uh, she was happy to be out. But she. <laughs> we, uh, so. Uh, Travis, myself, doll met a, a friend out. He yeah. wanted to take us out and we're not going to go through who the friend was this time because, uh, we'll just go through the rest of the story of the evening. Uh, but while we were sitting there, uh, there was some piece of information through the dialogue of the evening that was given out and the way it was given out, my wife didn't know about, and there were more details that were included with it. And before you knew it, all of a sudden she soared with me about what I told her or what I didn't or who knew what. Oh, that was that first what, bar, right? Yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever the, the, the reason or the, the, the particular topic, um, it's not unusual for her to get mad at me because I don't tell her about things because I don't through the context of a day, I don't really understand what's going to be of interest to her or relevant or yeah. Did you find the argument uncomfortable while we were there and we were kind of getting a little shitty with one another? Yeah. So I took the people watching mm -hmm. and they had the Minnesota Gophers game on. So like the argument wasn't going on at the table anymore. You just like tuned into something else. So you didn't <laughs> yeah. even have to acknowledge it <laughs> pretty much. Cause then if I acknowledge it and I'm listening in on it, then eventually someone's going to ask me whose side do I take? And I don't want to take a fucking side cause I don't want to be involved with it. Cause I have no clue what it's the fucking about. Right. Uh, at least this specific one, you know, I didn't have a fucking, you know, I didn't have a horse in that race. So I have, uh, I've told her and she knows ahead of time that there's this little thing I'm going to do when I'm at the end of my, we're going to argue in front of people rope. Okay. So I'll tap her like, no, I don't hit her. It's nothing. Just to, give her a little tap. No, not even hard. Nothing like that. Like I just like do a little like Morris code to let her know in her leg. Yeah. Like we're, I'm, we're either going to excuse ourselves from the table and go outside and talk or we're going to stop. Right. I'm happy to continue talking about it, but I'm not going to do it in front of other people. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's uncomfortable for them. It's embarrassing for me. If this is a big enough deal to you that you want to talk about it, she does the same code back and I'll say, guys, excuse us. And we go outside and talk. Right. All right. In this case, you guys put the kibosh on it. It's not a Morris code that shuts her up. No. Okay. She's, it's not weird like that. It's just like a, if you tap me back, we're going to go outside and talk about it. If you don't tap me back, you're just going to stop talking about it. Cause I'm, I'm done talking about it. And this is something you guys have already pre-discussed. She could do the same thing to me. If I was yep. arguing with her about something like you got the game plan, you know, your audible signals. Yeah. It's, it's sort of, and what's nice about it is it sort of takes you out of the immediate argument down to, okay, are we going to do this? <laughs> Are we going to like excuse ourselves from the is table this something and go have worth an it? argument? Is this, right. is this worth it? So we should get back to our story. We always get off track. We get off track. So Doll and I had our little argument. We're at this restaurant. We decided to continue the night. We end up going to this place that was an old, an old shitty bar that we thought was going to be an old shitty bar. And when we got there, it had been this renovated hipster one room you know, tap house type situation. We no were in there. Space, yeah, yeah. We were in there five minutes and we're like, this isn't going to be any not fun. even five minutes. We didn't I was even sober order cab. a drink. That's you important, were sober cab, which I always am. So now how do you think throughout the night, who were you able to communicate the best with? I thought both you and doll were good. Okay. Doll was a little feisty, but yeah, she's, you know, that's tall. Yeah. That's what I figured. So that's here. tall. Okay. 
Yeah, she's kind of bratty sometimes. Well, she'll give you shit. She'll she'll give you some shit. Well, I'm sober, Cab. She can if she you know if she gets too drunk or you get you know mean liquor in her. She's like, ah, I'm gonna go. Da, da, da. Yeah. Like, oh, we just got here and I just put a buck into the dart machine. So <laughs> it's gonna be find a an appetizer. We're hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> She's usually the very fun, but yeah. if she starts kind of. Uh, on the other side of the drunk where she hasn't had a drink in a while and she's starting to kind of get lethargic and tired. She can get kind of whiny. But for the most part, she was up. But wasn't she doing shots with you? Yeah. So I was about to say, because I know you said on a way later cast, that's the first time I got drunk with Doll. And, you know, you were like, yeah, when she gets drunk, she's like, you know, people love her. She's, you know, yeah. Yeah. Her and I, we were doing shots. You two were actually we were the ones having up. fun. We were the ones, yeah, we were mixing it up good. Because our other friend that joined us was kind of on his own journey. He was totally on his own path. So we leave the hipster bar and we go to an old reliable bar that we've all been to. It's a dive bar. The drinks are supposed to be cheap. Um, you know, it's, uh, call it a comfortable bar to get drunk at. Yeah. It was kind of close to, to, it was to close people's to, houses. and Yeah, it was sort of a just nice in-betweener. How'd that go, Travis? Oh, Jesus. Well, we walk in and we are immediately told, you can only go to this corner of the bar where there are pool tables because they're having a corporate business party. Lame as fuck. Yeah. Uh, with karaoke. Which was not on because that would have been way better. Yeah, that would have been better. Actually, I'm going to brighten it up a little bit. So basically, we're forced back over into a corner. Uh can't go up to the bar to order drinks. We do have a waitress that checked on us from time to time. No scenery. No scenery. Um, you know, and maybe a pool table to play some pool on. But that's so Dahl and I are like, all right, let's make the most of this. We're just going to get cocktails and we're just going to shoot the shit. Yeah, Dahl definitely wanted us all to hang out and kind of party together. Yeah. And so, and that was a great, once again, another great, great place for people watching, you know, like, Oh, there's, there's Marge from accounting. Oh, Marge gets wild. Look at Marge. Yeah. You could see people trying to hook up and we were, we were having good conversation, kind of all hanging out. You guys would depart. I, you know, smoke, which was, you know, yeah, we'd fortunate not to be part of, but getting past that and so you guys would cycle back in. And then all of a sudden, while we're all standing around the table, the fourth member of our party comes back and uh, he's been in the bathroom. A long time. <laughs> <laughs> and he's real energetic. And it's supremely energetic. I don't think this guy just took a shit. Like, I don't think that's why he's energetic. I don't think he's get, lightened the load. Do you get energetic after you use the restroom? <laughs> like, wow, I feel much lighter. I am so much lighter. Oh, I love life. <laughs> yeah, he was tweaking. He was, yeah, he was, he was, he was wound up pretty, pretty good. He basically comes out and says, hey, found a guy in the bathroom who was doing some blow and he invited me to do some blow. So I did a couple lines with him and I feel great. Yes. And we were like, okay, that's weird. Doll was having trouble processing that because she's like, she's never around hard drugs. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, you actually like, like booze wait. is fine. Weed's fine. But that's like, you know, a, a like, PSA. Like, what the fuck did you just do? <laughs> like, wait, that's actually in our town? Yeah. Yeah. She's um, like the night the, now you, she looked right at him. She's like, now you've made things weird. Yep, yep. Yep. And he did. And the night did just get weird from there. So while we're sitting there, uh, I'm sober and we're all just bullshit. You know, we're like, we've kind of like accepted we're in this little shitty bar and we're in this little shitty corner and we're all kind of, you know, you know, Travis getting to know doll and you know, they're having a good time and you know, we're kind of just, you know, doing our thing. And all of a sudden our, our fourth friend tells us that he's invited Mr. Drug guy to come and visit the table. Yeah. So Joe cocaine comes up to the table and is offering drugs. Yeah. Various kinds, various kinds. And I don't know this guy. I Yeah. He, and he doesn't look like a guy I want to know. Is he a cop? Right. Is he a narc? What is he? You know, I'm not freely doing drugs in a bar I never go to as sober cab. I'm like, why am I talking to this dude? I'm drinking, man. I'm not freely doing drugs, period. You he, know, you know, obviously how I, 
You know, I don't do drugs. And I do have my pricky face gets really pricky when I don't want to fucking talk to you. Yeah. I let you know, like, yeah, you know, I'm nice and cordial when I first meet you, but when shit gets weird, it's like, and fuck off. Right. <laughs> you know? right. And fuck you. <laughs> Which yeah. left fourth guy in a position because I think he want you know, he's tweaking. Yeah. When you want to do blow, you want the guy that has the blow to be your friend. Right. And that's why you don't do cocaine. As Dennis Leary <laughs> said, you always end up with some asshole in a bathroom at the end of the night. And the only reason you're in the bathroom around this asshole listening to him fucking talk is because he's got the fucking cocaine. That's almost verbatim as skit. Good memory. Yeah. And but I mean, could it be any more true in this case? No, no, I never have talking talk to that dude ever. I know. Yeah. I never have crossed like, my mind. Yeah. I'm like, first of all, I, I don't want to be with you in a bathroom. I don't want to talk to you. I don't know. I don't want what you're offering. <laughs> like, no, I want no part of this guy. And he looked fucking sketch. I mean, he had like a scar coming down his eye, like scary guy. At this time, at this point in time, we don't know that he's a Coke dealer. We just know that he had met this dude who had uh, supplied him with a couple of bumps of Coke in the bathroom. As, as, as far as we knew, he just sort of ran into it. Like this guy just volunteered drugs to him. And he was like, oh yeah, totally. Let's do drugs together. I thought he was just like a guy at the office party. Like he's that guy from fucking Die Hard. Was it Die Hard? Yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> the salesman guy who gets wasted right away. Yeah. To like bring it back to like Bruce Han, Willis. Buddy. <laughs> that guy. Yeah. yeah. That guy. And like, I just thought he ran into that guy in the bathroom and it was like, hey, we're at Christmas party. I'm the cocaine guy. I'm the high energy salesman. Friend, you look like you like to party. Friend number four, Bobby, come on. Yeah, Would that you, wasn't that, that, that wasn't that guy. No, no, no there's no. some weirdo guy that came up kind of trying to see what drugs all of us were interested in. And it was dawning on me. OK, you have bumped into a drug dealer and now you've introduced us to this guy and we don't know who this fucking guy is. And what a nightmare. Yeah. And he's all into it because, you know, yeah, he wants drugs. Yeah, he he, he got his he got his taste and with that drug when you get a taste you get a craving that is an itch that can't be scratched and now we're all subjected to our tweaker friend and his new vibey weirdo friend who sells drugs yes and it just you know hey travis what drug are you into uh the one that i'm drinking right now vodka yeah i just yeah. i just i wasn't like i thought we were all gonna hang out and have a good time yeah and like a quarter of the group is like I want to have an epic time. <laughs> right. He just bumps it into like movie mode. You know, this drinking bullshit's boring me. Let's go for cardiac arrest. Yeah. It's like when I'm telling him like, dude, like why would you even want to do that? Like am I, I, could you imagine if I went in there and did something like that? Just my heart. Oh, if you had a heart attack from doing cocaine while we were out just having a couple of beers, that would be weird. Hard to explain for the rest of us. Yeah, yeah. It's, there's Travis, dead. So, you know, that's not my idea of an evening. When we were young, mm -hmm. younger, or you could even say young, uh, you expected to go out on Friday night and for it to be a twisted turn adventure. Yeah. Just a crazy right? epic like, evening. Yeah. Like I woke up and I was on the top of this building and for some reason I was wearing somebody else's jacket and I had keys to a car that wasn't mine. Yeah. That, that would happen, you know, pre 25. Right. Dude, where's my car? When you try to recreate it and you're over, say, 25, <laughs> it gets it, it gets to a point where it's it's just it's awkward. I think if you're looking for it every weekend past 25, after 25, yeah, it can still happen. Uh, you know, but once you're hitting, once you're getting up there to our age, it's premeditated. People though. having day jobs, yeah, the premeditation. If something happens. Something happens and it's great. You know, it's sort of like meeting that person at the bar. You go up and you talk to him and you have that awkward conversation, but both of you are vibing on each other. So it's cool. You know, yeah, like, yeah, 
I'm with you. He said brr instead of bye. Isn't that cute? You got to premeditate yeah. low cocaine though. I mean, you don't just like, okay, it's 930 at night. I've got to work tomorrow. So let's do an eight ball and let's see if I can stay up all night. That way <laughs> when I'm working, I can just fall asleep standing while I'm trying to do whatever it is I'm trying to do. Right. You know, you're, if you're going to do something like that, you're like, okay, two weeks from today, we're going to get an eight ball. Uh, I've sent everybody away and this is what's going to happen and blah, 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 blah. And it's kind of, you know. I want to have cool people around me. And if I get super weird, I've got, you know, a, a, a tic-tac-toe board that will occupy me for a little while. You know, because yeah, I'm a weirdo. You don't just go out in public and, and, and put your freak flag out and do lines of coke with strangers in the bathroom. What the fuck's going on? Yeah. Some would argue that's the only way to do coke is with strangers Probably, in the bathroom. Probably, yeah. But from my vantage point, I feel like, warn me. Warn me you're going to be a liability for the evening. Right, right. At least let me know. Please tell me. Please tell me. Because otherwise, I'm not going to hang out with, you know, once again, I go back to the Dennis Leary reference. I'm not hanging out with that asshole in the bathroom. And if your plans are to hang out with that asshole in the bathroom, then, you know, like like you said, tell me at the beginning yeah, of the release night. Me, release me from the obligation. Be like, guys, I'm on another journey. I'm yeah, out. I'm out. I'm out. I've got the Uber set. I'm good. Yeah, I'll see you guys later. Totally. You cannot hang out and communicate with somebody who is spun up. Yeah, you can't have one foot in the hot tub and the other in the pool. When you're railing, you're, you know, you've done enough yay to uh, get you to the point where you're talking really fast and you're kind of uncomfortable and you don't really want to sit there. <laughs> right. You know? And you're uh, all of a sudden talking like the micro machines guy and you're happy sitting for a second, but really want to stand, but should maybe we maybe go smoke and is this bar? Okay. It seems kind of warm in here. Maybe we need to go. Yeah. Are people looking at me where, wait, did they hear, did they hear what I said? Yeah. Yeah. I can't hang out with that dude. I can't hang out with that. Yeah. I, why do you want to be that guy? Why do you want to be that paranoid? And when you're drunk, you're on a way different ride. Yeah. You're like, maybe I get up. Maybe I don't. <laughs> if I smoke, maybe I smoke too. Yeah. And you're not concerned if it's warm or not. Right. Because you're just kind of floating around the room anyway. Exactly. Unless you drank a bunch of Jack and then you're ferociously relaxed. <laughs> and you're just sort of on that same cloud as everyone else in the bar. Because you're all doing pretty much the same thing. Liquor. We're all doing different types of liquor. We're doing different types of shots. Some people are doing beers. Some people are doing wine. Not too many at this place. No. <laughs> this was not a wine bar. <laughs> no. No. So uh, we eventually do corral him to another one, right? Well, it's weird in there now because yeah. now we've got this guy who's clearly like the bar drug dealer and we're kind of wanting to get out of the office party. Some really bad karaoke came on. Is yeah. it karaoke or karaoke? I believe it's karaoke. Okay. <laughs> so we're like, well, hey, let's dip. Let's go to a little bit better bar. Um, it's supposed to be some, more of like a... It'll be a little bit more up for him, a little more dance clubby. Yeah. Right? Music, DJ. The barn. We've talked about this place. But then there's a place for, uh, you know, the sober cab guy to go and play bubble hockey or golden tea or have Darts. food yeah. or watch the game. So it's kind of broken into two little areas. It seemed like it was going to work great for our purposes. Yes. And it's still kind of early in the evening. That was about what? 10? 9.30, 10-ish. Yeah. yeah. So it's like we've got crazy man acting like, you know. It's, you know, 1159 New Year's Eve. And then the rest of us that are like, okay, it's about 930, 10 o'clock. Got a good buzz going. Let's keep it going and let's continue to have some mellow fun. Well, we gave him a playroom. This bar, this bar definitely has a playroom. You can go and wander outside and it's fenced in like you do with toddlers. So you knew he was going to wander off too far. There were hot girls there. So you knew he could like, you know, do the uh, dumb and dumber vibe at the bar if he wanted to all coked out. And then there were games. If he needed to do something repetitious and sort of tweak out, there was food. He could dance like a lunatic. You know, and he the wasn't touching the just, food. Right. You wouldn't, but the rest of us could just sort of mix in and it was going to be fine. I just, yeah. it was a great idea. Yes. Until we find out that Mr. Coke dealer likes to satellite between these two bars to sell drugs. <laughs> the, 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 the bar never really got big in it in sort of uh dance clubby like uh, no. he was going for. And as we were sort of playing games and hanging out, some of the sharper buzzes started to wear off. People had to work. People were getting tired. And it was like, okay, uh, Doll and I are going to jam. Do you guys want to stay and, and take... And you didn't want to stay with Mr. Cokehead. You're like, nope. 
we want to go. And I was like, all right, well, we're going to dip and, and you two hang out. Nope, nope. Give us a ride home. So you were at one point going to come home with us. You're like, hey, I want to watch some shows, whatever. Because now you're kind of babysitting our fourth friend. Yeah. How'd that go? That, uh, that didn't go too well. It did not go too well. I, I immediately, walking through the door, realized, like, as I saw your taillights pulling away in the distance, I sort of got that longing look, like, come back. <laughs> I made the wrong choice. I felt really good about it. <laughs> <laughs> about leaving me behind or making the choice? Leaving. Leaving. Because yeah. I knew I wasn't going to be entertaining enough for our friend. Yep. And I seriously questioned if you wanted to be part of that journey. And I did not. So, so why'd you hang on? Just because you had another friend joining? Or? Yeah, yeah. So like we had a fifth friend come over and, uh, you know, he gets and I sort of explained to him what's up. Like number four's, uh, number four's been a little hoppy tonight. And so, uh, you know, just that's the mode. And then number four, uh, friend number five's like, oh, I hate cocaine number four guy. Like, uh, he just, he's just metronomic, you know, as people he was, get. he was going over there because there was a the promise of girls, right? Like there was going to be some girls over and yeah, he thought that there was going to be girls, which I, I don't know how he thought that because I, Never once saw him talking to anyone. Right. Anyone. Not even like dudes. He must have intimated that the evening was going to involve girls. He thought. Yeah. I think he thought. So anyway, so number five shows up. And then as soon as number five shows up and walks through the door, well, our buddy gets a phone call from uh, his new his new friend. And... uh just gives him his fucking address. Gives him his address, says, come on over, man. Let's have a party. New friend being the dickhead that we saw at being the bar, the, the drug dealer? Joe Cocaine, yeah. Joe Cocaine. So Joe Cocaine came over as part of your evening? <laughs> Joe Cocaine's coming over. He gave over. him his home address. He gives him his home address, and he's telling him where he works. He's telling him what he does. Because he's all coked up. Yeah. What the fuck he's doing. And like, number five and I were like, no. No, hmm. this is, we didn't sign up for this. We did not sign up for this. God. And he's just like, nope, it's happening. My new friend is coming over. And I'm like, well, so what are you going to do? Like, just hang out with number friend? Like, this were you friend? too drunk to dip? Yeah. Or yes, yeah, so you were trapped. It was yeah, cab well, yeah, or stay. Exactly. You saw how much I had to drink. It was a long time, though. Yeah, but, you know, I don't take chances. What did you have? You had uh, four shots, three shots. Right there. Yeah, that probably put me over. You ate dinner. I ate dinner. You had, you didn't even have a small dinner either. You had a good-sized dinner. You had, what, four beers? I had a beer, and then I had about three, four, five, six cocktails. Six cocktails of beer and three shots? Yeah. Dude, you don't drive on that. You don't drive on that. <laughs> I, I must have had my, I didn't notice that you drank that much. <laughs> yeah. How much did that cost you? Oh, man. What did I spend on the evening? Like 60, 50, 60 bucks? That's not bad at all. Nah. Not bad at all. Sorry no. to interrupt. Keep going. I probably fucked your whole flow up. My bad. <laughs> Where was I? Uh, oh, so Joe Cocaine's coming over. Right. Right. And, uh, and, our buddy is excited. Our buddy is very much though. It, it it starts dawning on me that he's under the impression that Joe Cocaine is coming over to do cocaine with him, not as a business transact, but just to do cocaine with him. Like, oh, here's my new buddy, number four. That's very sweet of him. Yeah, <laughs> just like. <laughs> Oh, we're going to be buddies. We're going to be drug buddies. We're best friends. Evan Dando and the Lemonheads wrote a song about us. Um, yeah. It, what, what's the problem? What was the problem with that theory? When did you discover that? I mean, granted, well, you knew from go. I Like I would have known from go that if I meet somebody impromptu at a bar who's giving out drugs, who in fact sells drugs, that... If I'm going to see him again, the pretenses of that are going to be that he's going to be selling me drugs, right? right. I mean, that's just common sense. Right. And that's the way this very much seemed. So, so when when friend four was like, well, I'm going to, you know, so-and-so is going to come over, 
you were like, okay, kind of like, what's he coming over for? for? Why is this guy coming over? Why does he have your address? Why are you giving him your address? Right. Um, I almost smacked him in the face. Like, are you fucking that retarded? Yeah, there's a lot of chances being taken there. Yeah. Uh, you know, what if this guy has a gun? Because he's kind of like a fucking drug dealer. Um, so we're just looking at each other like this. No, no, this is stupid. You know, but I'm like, friend four or friend five cabbed it over. So, you know, he'd already spent his money. So he was in my boat. So you're know? all locked in. We're locked in. What time did the girls get there? Never. The girls never materialized. Never, never happens. Okay, so it's you, friend five, and friend four with the drug dealer. Was drug dealer by himself? So drug dealer shows up by himself about, what, 11 o'clock-ish, 11.30. And, um, you know, still plenty of time before bar close. <laughs> what time is it? Like 11 o'clock, 11.30. So at 11.30, three guys over the age of 35... Roughly, right? Yeah. 34, 35. 36. 36. So three guys over 35 before bar close. And one of the one of the three of you believes that it's a friend interaction where the other two are like, why are you inviting this undesirable over? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And besides the fact that friend four is all spun and you is friend five buzzed as well? He's been drinking. He's been drinking. Like I said, he cabbed it over. He used his money. He used his cab money. I was going to give him a ride in the morning. So you guys were thinking like, let's play some cards, hang out, shoot the shit, have a night. Some girls might come over. And instead it's like, I'm going to have a real seedy person stop by. Yeah. And I'm going to do a lot of blow while you guys watch. Pretty much. Okay. Well, you, yeah. And yeah. I've left. Yeah. You were smart. Well, I'm uh, married. You were smart. And so... There was a time I'd have got right. I would have gotten right in there with friend four, but nothing after 25. Yeah. I just, nope, no, no, not my scene. I'm yeah. annoying. I'm very annoying. Well, yeah, I, I don't need you to enhance that. I'm, I'm, I'm already sort of a busy personality. And, uh, if I drink too much coffee, I get jittery. And so if, uh, I were to, let's, say I were to do a lot of, uh, cocaine, mm. uh, that would be to a factor of like 35. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you derailed me from this story already? Super. If you were on that, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even attempt to tell you the story. I'm afraid of everything. If I were, on, if you were on that, I would be afraid to tell you the story. You're afraid you're paranoid. Very, very paranoid. Very, uh, very uncomfortable. And I'm, I want to do more but mm -hmm. I want it to be over soon. Okay. So I'm both expensive, annoying, and almost desperate. <laughs> right? That doesn't sound fun, right? That sounds terrible. So I stopped at 25. Like, so that mix is a heart attack, right? Right. And so what made you stop? Stop what? Just stop partying at that level. I'm not, I'm not implying you've done this or done that. But uh, at what point did you decide that I am not going to party Using anything more than alcohol or or or, or what alcohol, we call, what we call softer things. Um, geez, probably like twenty three. Twenty three, you started to cut it off. Yeah, it sounds about right. I would say most of the people have exper experimented at all with anything. It was like a youthful thing, and then they're like, okay. I might run for president someday. I can explain everything below 25. <laughs> After 25, I can't explain this shit. I've made it this far without getting in any trouble. Right. You know, it's my word versus theirs. I'm good. Right. I mean, at this point, I was in college, you know, I was, I was experimenting, you know, college and my college age friends. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, like when I was 23, like I started looking at that shit going, nah. <laughs> You can find better things to do with your money and time. Now, friend four, I don't think was that guy when we were younger. Yeah. He became that guy older. So he's a little behind the curve. Okay. So that helps explain it to you that he's finding this later in life. Yeah. I noticed people that find things later in life. I knew a woman that started smoking cigarettes when she was like 42. And then she like loved cigarettes. 
I understand. I, I can get behind that. that. Yeah, just decided to just take up a smoking habit at the age of 42. And, you know, me, I'm looking at it going, I better be quit by the time I'm 42. So, you know, I for me, I, I, I'll relate it to something like that. Um, continuing on with these. So, um, so this guy shows up. And instantly, I mean, I'm just like, oh, God, no. No, this isn't good. He tries to, like, throw down that chill, you know, sort of like, what your boy's up to, you know? And uh, how old is this guy? My age-ish, I would say, wouldn't wouldn't you say? God, I thought he, I thought he was a younger guy that looked like he'd lived pretty hard. He looked pretty old. Okay, so I noticed some gray in him, so I don't know. Do you hear that tapping over the microphone? Do you hear that? Yeah. That's the fucking cat. What the fuck is the cat doing up there? Every episode, we're inundated she, with my livestock. Dude, I mean, she bit me earlier when this she was so up on the table on the soundboard. Do you produce a professional show here? What are we doing? I don't know. What the fuck is this? Are your animals on coke? It's <laughs> <laughs> a fair question. <laughs> Will so, you finish this fucking story? Quit interrupting me. <laughs> so, uh, so Joe Cocaine comes over. And he throws down some lines um, and him and number four do them. And it's like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. So he shoots the breeze a little bit. Uh, he thinks we're all gay. <laughs> <laughs> he just looks at us and he's like, homos? <laughs> like, no. And, uh, you know, oh, man, that's funny. And he's like, and like, he just doesn't believe us. I'm like, if I was gay, I wouldn't be in the closet, uh, but, and I'm especially looking at number four, like he's not relationship material. No, but, <laughs> but, but friend four sort of, uh, can carry himself that way. When he wants to be friends with somebody, you can misread that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I suppose. Like if you don't know friend four and he tries to, because he's not real macho. Yeah. And he's, so if he's, he's trying to, to be, buddy up to you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're like, okay, so you're gay. <laughs> You know, I, I get it. I never really thought of good. Yeah. I just know the dude. So I never really. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So guy basically, you know, calls us gay, which I don't give a fuck about friend four. <laughs> I'm surprised he hung out. Like does a couple lines with you guys. And all of a sudden it starts to dawn on him. Okay. So this is like a queer den. I need to go. I need to go. Like, okay. Well, you know, these guys want to, I don't know. And I'm like, so he's like, yeah, pretty much. All right. Time to bounce, you know? And so he looks over at number four and he's like, okay, so you told me you wanted to buy a 60 sack. Well, friend four goes, uh, no, I, I didn't. And he's like, uh, pretty sure that's why I'm over here. Yeah. I drive across town just to get you high. Yeah. <laughs> new friend, new gay friend. So he, and he starts talking to us about how he's like on probation and on parole, and uh, he's an ex-Marine. I'm a scary dude who you don't want to mess, mess with. with. Yeah. You know, just throwing out, throwing out little little breadcrumbs, <laughs> little subtle hints. Not only do I think you're all gay, but I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, is he demanding? He's basically demanding money. Yeah. And so he's like. Well, can you at least give me five to ten for what I just gave you just now? And Buddy's like, nope. I You're have no friend five or friend four. Friend four. Friend four. So, so Mr. He's, the guy that is spun doesn't want to pay for it. He doesn't want to pay for it. He thinks that Joe Cocaine's coming over. His new friend Joe Cocaine is coming over because he's his new friend and he's going to share with him. He's like the Coke Santa Claus. Like, <laughs> oh, here's a line and I'm off again. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy met. the snow. <laughs> never met that Santa Claus. Ah, uh, no. It's, this Santa Claus usually wants his fucking money and he usually wants a fucking now. Right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, have you not watched the fucking Harvey Keitel movie? <laughs> so what's he do? So I don't know what to do, man. I feel like we're in a Mexican standoff here because I mean, what's, what's number four going to do? Give it back to him. It's all gone up his nose. 
So he can't, you know, was he's not going to cough it up to him. Well, and you were and, not, you didn't sign on for this. This wasn't. I didn't sign on for this. This isn't me, man. And besides, I don't carry cash. Who the fuck carries cash? Nobody wants to be around heavy narcotics anyway. No one wants to be around this. No one, you know, we're not liking it. Uh, it's a very small place. So there's not many room. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go. Uh, we've had too much to drink. Uh, so, You're vulnerable. Yeah. This is just a shitty spot. So friend number five just goes, look, I got a fucking 20 here. Just take it and go. And then I was cool of him. Yeah. Except he technically just bought drugs, but yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so then the dude's like, oh, oh, okay, cool. And then he gives a little more to number four. Like, okay, well, uh, what you just did plus this $20 worth because Joe cocaine isn't going to break a 20. God, you know, he's just doesn't sound like a successful drug dealer. Do you feel like this is like an intro, like a, like, you know, where the, the drug, you always saw those eighties deals where he like gave you a little freebie or whatever, or, you know, would stop right. by for a smaller amount. Because yeah. What, what, did, what, what did they say? First taste is free or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Of, yeah. Did you feel like that was a scenario here or was Not he just an unsuccessful, like down and dirty nickel and dime drug dealer? This guy wanted his fucking money. Okay. This okay. guy wanted his fucking money. But and what, then, so well, what and it, when it turns out later. Our buddy, uh, back at the bar, he, he didn't. He he didn't get a freebie. He didn't even get that taste. Really? Apparently, he paid. He told me he paid for the taste. Well, he had to know. So at that point, you've got to fucking know. Got to know. Got to know. And you're putting your friends in this shitty position. So he paid for it initially and then invited, told somebody to come over to the house. Yeah. So dude's thinking probably he's got more money and then expected he, the second time he wasn't going to pay. Yeah. And so then you guys had to cover it or your, uh, I was about to say not me. I didn't cover it. Friend five covered it. Friend five covers it. Because it was an uncomfortable deal. So now you're not only stuck with, uh, getting rid of this uncomfortable guy, but now you're friend four has basically dominated the evening by being Mr. Spun. Yeah. And now you two guys are hanging out in this uncomfortable deal. No girls come over. Yeah. There's a weird tone now in the night. Did was friend four cool the rest of the night or. <sighs> so, so friend up. five, so friend five basically just paid his ransom. Mm-hmm. He kind of paid, he paid his ransom and unfortunately by associate paid our ransom. Because probably after he beat the shit out of four, he would have come in for us. And three of you could have probably taken him. Yeah, maybe he had a gun. But then the cops are called and questions are asked. Yeah. That's not good for anybody. And so worth the 20 bucks. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So worth number five. Good on number five. So number five pays him off and off he goes. So we're like, okay, thank God. But unfortunately, Joe Cocaine also left him that extra $10 worth of product. How much is that? What does that look like these days? 10, 10 bucks. Uh, like two lines. Oh my God. I, I didn't really stick around to watch. You, you weren't part of it. No, that makes sense. I think it looks like about two, two like small lines. So I think actually number five, he, we talked later and he said, yeah, it was two lines. Okay. Number five stuck around and saw it. So it was stepped on too. And so, um, so it looked like he said, he estimated it was about two lines. Um, Cause you guys are trying to figure out like what's the, you're, you're trying to determine like, is this over with, or am I going to put up with a weirdo all night? Right. right That's right. why you asked him. Right. And so, um, so yeah, he, uh, he went at it, he did his thing and then he just went all night and we just tried to handle him. All why night. didn't friend five get a cab and just go? Cause that wouldn't been, I mean like that sounds miserable cause you could have dipped with him. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you guys just dip? Well, I couldn't. Well, my car was there. Mm-hmm. So it just sort of was like, fuck. And I mean, I've crashed there before. So it was just like. <sighs> you were just in a bad spot. Yeah. It was just like, fuck it. No. You know, like. And then I, don't, I tried to get a hold of you on Saturday and you weren't answering your phone all morning. Yeah. So I ended up just sort of babysitting and staying up all night. And uh, that's fun. So as he's, you know, going through his evening, enjoying his, uh, I don't know, what would you call it? Uh, journey. Uh, his, journey. his journey. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm just taking down beers. <laughs> <laughs> I just decided to drink just to be able to put up with it. Yeah. Seriously, I'm taking down beers. And so, you know, he's trying to get, you know, all right, I play a song, you play a song. So like he's got like a Bluetooth setup so you can just play a song from your phone. 
right into the speaker. So he plays a song, then you play a song and get about halfway through it. And then he starts playing another song. Yeah. I know that journey. Yeah. And so it was just a shitty night. Lost and evening and probably took out your whole next day. Cause took out sleeping. my whole next day. So, uh, you know, he ends up crashing early in the morning. So that means I don't end up crashing early in the morning, but now I'm on an alcohol buzz. He's on a high buzz. So he wakes up and goes and to, he does has his to work. Thing. Yeah. yeah. He's got to work. So he goes to work and you know, I mean, it's a good friend. So, you know, I've got good friends. If I got to go do something, you know, you can still stay on my couch. I know you're not going to oh, take yeah. shit. Yeah, that's not usual. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, just lock up lock up when you leave. So, you know, I sort of get that treatment. I don't get up until about three in the afternoon. Day's just destroyed, you know. I drive home. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I talked to you at that point. I was just like, had you heard from Friend 5? No, no. no. Uh, well, a little bit. Needless to say, he was kind of... Uh, he was disappointed that he kind of got roped into it. Yeah. He wanted to hang out and have a good time. And it's rare that the four of us get together or five of us get together. So, uh, he had missed that part of the evening. Yeah. And, uh, when he was just trying to, you know, hang out with you guys, it was, he just described it as disappointing. Yeah. I described it pretty much the same. So it's just, yeah, disappointing. He didn't sign up for that. He kept saying, "Right," and I, I mirror, I mirror that sentiment. Let's make it the end of this show. Yeah, please do. I was James Hamilton. I was Travis McFalls. Thanks for listening. Why don't you follow us on Twitter at When Life Attacks or Facebook When Life Attacks Podcast, or you can look directly at our blog, which is WhenLifeAttacksPodcast.com. I feel like everything's going to work out, you know, because I'm like a machine, you know, look how fast I'm picking out this crap, you know, I'm moving like super fast, I can't even feel my nose. Can I get in here? Do you want to know what's weird? Yeah. That I feel like I should be panicking right uh-huh. now, and I am a little bit, but it's in like a very, very good way. Yeah, but you're not, it's right? Like a good kind of panic. It's like I feel like I, I want to die right now, but I also feel very, very, very good. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> what are you guys doing? Nothing. But, you know, before we go, I just want to take one more quick dump. Take a quick dump, and I'm going to do push-ups, because i got to get fit. What the hell have you guys done? I'm feeling good, dude. You want to help me clean? Like, we bond over this. This is like friendship stuff. We broke Dale. into someone's house, man. And it's like, Dale. my most amazing experience of my life. We broke into a man's house. Dale. And suddenly I'm like an expert at sifting cocaine. It's amazing, dude. Come here and help me with this.